as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. GM at the Hidalgo County Irrigation District Number 2, Sonny Hinojosa. He's been helping us out now for many months looking at those water levels, and we got some good news late last week. Sonny, I'll let you share those two clicks that we saw as far as increase in, in the water levels. What's going on? Well, good morning, Sergio. Thank you for the opportunity to update. Uh, we received our report. Uh, late this week and this is for the week ending august 20th and uh the u.s uh, had a gain of 73,000, a little over 73,000 acre feet which brings us up to 22.85 percent of our uh, storage capacity you know we've been tracking this and and we hit our low point the week of august 13th at 20.69 and with this little boost, uh, we're up to 22.85, and uh, we, you know, we're still continuing to receive inflows into the system. In fact, uh, as of uh, as of yesterday or Saturday at midnight, uh, reservoirs came up another 80, 82,859 acre feet. Wow! So yeah. we're hoping to get at least half of those inflows. You know, uh, on the previous week, you know, the reservoirs. Uh, gained 136,000 acre feet, and, and U.S. got a little better than half of that. So it all depends on where the inflows come from, and which country will be uh, credited from the, for those inflows. Tell me what's taking place in Mexico, because they were they were hopping for joy, dancing Chihuahua, one of their dams at 100 percent. What's going on in Mexico? Source inflows, things like that, and some of the rain that they've benefited from, and. Can we get some of that into yeah. the Rio? Yeah. After this last storm that we tracked and that came in the week of August 15th, you know, that played out, you know, five or six days later. But West Texas, uh, El Paso area, New Mexico, northern Mexico is still experiencing their monsoon rains. So uh, I've, I've heard reports of, you know, flooding events. And I, I saw that picture that, that, uh, that dam in Chihuahua and you know, it, it's a small reservoir, but nonetheless, it's a it's a move in the right direction. That that uh, reservoir is on the Rio Chubascar, which is a tributary to the Conchos. So, you know, it's spilling. So that I think the next downstream reservoir or the large reservoir is Luis Leon, and that's the last uh, or lowermost reservoir before it hits, you know, the Rio Grande. So, you know, it's all positive. Unfortunately, you know, vessels like Luis Leon. And Boquillas, their largest reservoirs, you know, they're still hovering in the 20% range. And they're, and they're large reservoirs. So it's going to take a lot of rainfall to fill these. But nonetheless, you know, we're hoping for a wet September. Uh, and we still need a lot more water to feel comfortable. Yes, sir. Like I said, we're, we're still under 23%. I'm estimating we'll just be over 24%, um, you know, after this next report that we receive 
uh, late next week. And for Sonny, or later this week. Yeah, Sonny Hinojosa is one of our local irrigation managers. Yeah, Sonny, Tim Sullivan here. Just uh, morning, Tim. Morning. Just going on what you were just talking about there. So, yeah, big picture, the big picture, how significant is this increase we got from the most recent rains up there? This gets us back to where we were in late July. Uh, it, it, it just bought us a little bit of time. We need a lot more rainfall to feel comfortable into going to next spring. You know, April, May, June of next year is going to be our, our heavy season. And, and we just don't have the water right now. So we need another storm event or two or more uh, <laughs> to really help the reservoirs quite a bit. Yeah. This most recent increase, the additional water, what can we use it for right now? Right now we're or going should we not our, use it at all? all uh, <laughs> decibel crop. Uh, it, it doesn't use quite as much water uh, as we do, you know, the spring crops. Of course, you know, it's all weather related. You know, we got the, we're looking at the shorter days, hopefully cooler temperatures, as opposed to the spring and summer crops where you have the long days and, and temperatures, uh, you know, hovering around the 100 degree mark. So our losses should diminish somewhat. Our demand is diminishing. So we'll kind of coast for the rest of the year and, and hopefully we get some more inflows, uh, during the month of September. For sure. Uh, percent capacity, can you break it down, uh, our current capacity at Amistad and our current capacity at Falcon? Yeah. Uh, as far as capacities, are you talking about the U.S. or total? Uh, U.S. Okay. The U.S. share at, at Amistad is, is you know, 591,000 acre feet. We're at 74% of what we could have at Amistad. And at Falcon, uh, U.S. share is, is uh, just 183,000, which is 52.86 of what we could have there at Falcon. Now, something I, I'd like to mention is we had a very unusual July where the watermaster had to implement a negative allocation. And uh, Oh, that, that actually know, every, did happen, huh? Yes, it did. You know, that every... The water month ends on the last Saturday of the month. And in, in July, you know, the IBWC reported to the watermaster how much water the U.S. had in storage. And from that figure, which was, you know, 744,000 acre feet, they deduct the 4,600 acre feet uh, to, that's for the dead storage. It's water that's behind the dam that's lower than the lowermost outlet. The water can't escape. So they, they do the same calculation every month. They subtract the 4,600 acre feet for dead storage. They subtract 225,000 acre feet to reestablish the domestic municipal industrial reserve. And then they subtract the end of month account balances for all class A and class B water rights, which for July was 531,000 acre feet. So after they do those calculations, then they try to establish a, an operating reserve. That operating reserve, uh, they try to fill it at 75,000 acre feet but it can also go down to zero acre feet. But if it goes below zero, then they have to implement a negative allocation. So after they performed uh, the deduction to reestablish, to uh, put all the end of month account balances for class A and class B water rights, which are irrigation and mining, there was a negative 16,678 acre feet. So they had to 
take water from the accounts to balance. Now, when they when they reestablish the operating reserve, they just don't bring it back at the zero. They bring it up to 48,000 acre feet. Is that calculated so as take- a percentage where every account is taken and – you know, they everybody gives three yes. percent, something like that. Everybody gives three percent or two percent, yes. whatever it is. Every everybody that had right. water in their account um. was debited about thirteen point two five percent. Okay, so everyone okay. contributed. And, okay, you know they took, you know, a little over sixty four thousand acre feet. Okay, so we're hoping that with these inflows, you know, the last uh, the last week of the month plus the previous week, that that's enough to to pay that water back to the account. Okay. And perhaps put it, put it back know, in balance the books. the books and maybe have a little bit of water left over. I really need to get this information in there. Everybody listening to all these numbers and negative allocation and thousands of acre feet of water. And so people driving around town in the cities, they don't care. I know we're doing our farming family uh, an update, but they want to know, what are these water restrictions going to be lifted? I need to water my lawn every single day. What do you tell them, Sonny? You know, that each city has their own, and I would suspect that maybe – after they get above, after the U.S. gets above twenty-five percent, but I would hope that that they don't lift the restrictions. Uh, we we really need, yeah, you know, the city's cooperation. That's where I was taking you because you said earlier we don't have the water for next year's seeds. Okay, so where do Correct. we need to be? Thirty-five percent, forty-five percent to start irrigation season, or what would be ideal where everybody can get their water? You know, agriculture just... Best guess, you know, Sonny. <laughs> I don't want to put pressure, but best guess. 35% yeah. U.S. ownership, 45%? Because we're at 20, 22 right now, 23. We might be at 24. We're we're at really 22. low. We'll yeah. be at 24, hopefully. Where do we need to be, Sonny, for the seeds? Where do we need to be, real quick? We need a million acre feet, and and we're, we only have, you know, 500... We need another 500,000 acre feet okay. to feel comfortable for next year. Yes, we'll not be as nothing. All right. Let's uh, hopefully... We get that tropical system over the uh, watershed here soon. We need one. Yeah. Thank we you. One. Thank you, Sonny, for the update. We all appreciate all the information you provide us, brother. And yeah, let's uh, pray for rain. That's Sonny Hinojosa. He's uh, one of our local irrigation managers. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids are running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. One of our supporters, the Ryan and Brian team, always keeping an eye on the real estate market. And I'm bringing in Brian Reed, one of my friends. Let's look at the condition of the evolving market. Boy, how things have changed compared to this time last year, Brian. So give me your current assessment and what's happening in the housing market here in, in South Texas, Brian. Well, sir, thanks for having me. Uh, this year has been definitely defined by rising mortgage rates. Yeah, uh, they they ticked up week after week throughout the year, um, peaked in June, and since then we've seen some volatility. 
Um, a lot of that has to do with the, the Fed. Uh, uh, Reserve has been to, uh, trying to uh, ease inflation, and, and, and inflation is, in terms of interest rates is the enemy. And um, the Fed uh, raised the fund rates, and that has starts to to bring fear that possibly we're going to see a recession. Okay. Um, and you know, I know people like that word, but uh, when it comes to the housing market, market history has shown that uh, mortgage rates typically fall during recessions. We'll have to see what uh, what what transpires. Okay, that R word, the recession. When you and colleagues talk to each other, what does that mean to the? What does that mean? Let's say to the home prices. Well, um, contrary to belief, uh, recession does not mean falling home prices. In fact, if you look at uh, for the for the last six recessions, prices actually appreciated in value. And in one case, it only took a small dip. The only exception being two thousand eight, when we had uh, a loss of what twenty percent value. But that's a very fundamentally different place than we are today. You know, that market was drastically different. Uh, we had loose lending standards, which we don't have now, and the crash was really self-induced. Yeah. Uh, most most real estate experts are predicting home appreciation, even if we do have recession. Um, however, home appreciation has a much traditional rate than we've seen over the last past couple of years. Some of the economic ingredients you mentioned, two thousand eight. Uh, were just wildly exaggerated back then. You know how everything was bundled and, and financed, uh, and people are just trying to make a quick buck. That was then. Now, because of COVID, post-COVID, um, shortages of this, that, cheap money, uh, we had we did have a somewhat crazy market. No, we we had a crazy right. market <laughs> in the housing market. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah where Very it was a, a seller's market, and all these people showing up, 30, 40 different showings, and people making offers left and right. Things are different now, and we have seen... Some reports of home prices throttling back uh, a bit nationwide. Is that the same trend at the local level? Absolutely. Um, you know, we've seen showing slow down a little bit. Uh, we've seen the amount of offers go, obviously, slowing down as well. So, um, you know, most experts are predicting that prices will, you know, continue to rise, but not at the rate we've seen over the last two years. This has been insane, you know, 15% year over year. Um, probably more of a traditional three to four percent yeah but uh, again um you know we'll have to see where interest rates go that's gonna have to play a, a big factor in it you know and, and with the economy um but uh, uh you know uh, we still have definitely an under uh supply of, of, of housing so it's kind of hard to believe that the uh, the pricing is going to go down anytime soon from the ryan and brian real estate team brian reed our guest right now we're looking at the real estate market housing market in south texas what do you hear from colleagues that are in the business of construction and going out there and building some neighborhoods, how's that pace coming along? Well, uh, if you look at building permits, they actually slow down a little bit as well. I think they had to do with, you know, the rising interest rates we saw in June. Um, starts kind of slow down. Um, that's what you're seeing across the country. Uh, but, uh, you know, as uh, as uh, those rates kind of settle in, which it looks like they, they will, hopefully, here in the near future, um, you know, building and construction will, will gain as well. Uh, obviously, materials is still an issue. Again, there's a lot of talk that hopefully um, we, we, we gain that uh, aspect as well and, and come to some more normalcy there. And hopefully, end of this year, beginning of next year, uh, cost of supplies goes down and we can see more construction there as well. You get a good feel of what's taking place in, in the market when people prospecting and asking about where to live here in South Texas. Uh, I know it's not exactly your bailiwick completely, but you would be an expert in this because you hear from people that want to. Uh, move to the area uh, here in Texas, man. Everybody's coming to Texas. It seems right, and I know a lot of people are moving to the valley. So, if somebody in construction were to ask you, um, Brian, I don't know whether to, you know, take this land, 
and put some apartment towers or build a bunch of houses? Well, what would you recommend, apartments or houses right now, because of the migration pattern uh, toward Texas that we see at the moment? Well, the good thing for us, Serge, is there's people definitely wanting to move here. So I think we need to obviously build to, to catch up with demand. Um, but that's kind of something we kind of sit down and talk to you as a client, uh, market-specific, you know, community-specific. Uh, the, the crazy thing is, like, you know, what we've seen over the last two years is people, they need homes. And in areas that have not sold in the past are now moving dramatically. So the Valley is just becoming uh, just more and more developed and 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 it's becoming just a, a one big community. You know, all these small towns are now starting to melt together, and we're just becoming the RGD. So uh, there's just places, you know, blowing up everywhere, and, 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 and areas that we haven't sold or built in the past are just now starting to be developed. Brian Reed, the uh, Ryan and Brian real estate team, again, the housing market, we're taking a look at it. And for people that uh, are in the market, either purchasing or selling, I know things have changed. What are some of the things that you're telling them now and to you know, sell their home or, or buy a home? What are some of the tips that you're providing them? All right. Well, in regards to selling, or actually, or excuse me, in, in regards to buying, actually uh, just did a video about this last night, and there's three reasons. Number one, we're seeing fewer multi-offer situations. So it's common for us over the last two years to see 20-plus offers on our listings. <laughs> that number has dramatically dropped. So, you know, we're not seeing the traditional 20 to even 50 offers so we've seen you know, more maybe three or four <laughs> wow. so you're not competing as against as many offers number two there are fewer homes now on the market uh selling above asking price you know in, in april nea reported that 61 percent of homes went over asking uh that dropped down to about 51 percent in june uh we feel that trend will, will more likely continue and number three inventory the supplies of homes uh for sale is growing uh, inventory will continue to rise to, to a more neutral market and in regards to selling, we are still well short of a new to market. Uh, if you have a desire to sell or move some, somewhere else or move on to that next phase in your life, uh, do it while the inventory is still in your favor and you still are in a seller's market. So, uh, you know, get in while you can. And get your home ready for prom, right? Make, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Invest the time and money. Get it ready for prom and then enter the Yeah, that, that's a type of market. Uh, before it was, it, that wasn't the case, no matter what condition your home was in. <laughs> Final thought from you, Brian, before I let you go. Real quick. Final thought from you before I let you go. Yeah, so just reach out to us. Um, one of our experts will talk to you uh, just to see what the best situation is for you and your family. Um, just uh, check out ryanandbrian.com. And uh, if you register on that website, we'll have somebody reach out to you immediately. All right, brother. Good to talk to you again. Brian Reed with the Ryan and Brian Real Estate Team. Your Houston Astros play here. And he drives this one up the middle. That's a base hit. Catch Astros baseball action all season long on News Talk 710 KURV. Deep to left field. Kiss it goodbye. Every hit. Every home run. First pitch and he drives it. Left field. Good one. It's out of here. Astros baseball is powered by F&T Valley Motorsports, Riverside Development Services, MissionIncredible.com, and News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. In the event there's a tropical system in the Gulf of Mexico churning this way, you want to keep it tuned to 710 KURV. Stay informed during hurricane season. 
Tropical Coverage 2022 on air and online at KURV.com. Make possible by Mike's Plumbing, Electrical, and AC, Vega Roofing, McAfee Insurance, and Elephant Building Materials. We see that enrollment is up considerably at UTRGV, our president for the university, Dr. Guy Bailey. So initially, some of the raw numbers you're looking at, Dr. B, what is it for the semester? Well, it's over 32,000. And, uh, of course, we're uh, still adding a few students. And uh, and so the, we're real pleased with the numbers. We're especially pleased with the size of our freshman class, which is over 5,800. And we've never had anything above 5,500 before. And so it's a it's a real surge in, in the number of freshmen. And they're all well qualified we're we're very excited about this freshman class we also have uh, an increase in uh, doctoral students we have a big increase there and we have new doctoral programs phd and uh, uh, professional programs of course our school of podiatric medicine Mm -hmm. is part of that so uh, we're actually down a little bit master students during the pandemic we had a lot of people starting master's degrees but uh uh, they've either finished up or gone back to work. You know, they were at home. And so th- those master students are down, but the other numbers are up and look really, really good. So we're very pleased. Dr. Guy Bailey, President UTRGV, our guest. And Dr. Bailey, Tim Sullivan here. Refresh us on the free tuition programs or low, uh, low tuition programs mm-hmm. that UTRGV has in place and, and how much that may have played a role in increasing enrollment numbers. Well, the UTRGV Advantage, which is our uh, the program I think you're referring to, exactly. If you're a a Texas resident, you have to be a Texas resident, and you are a full time student, and you're in good standing. You can't be on probation or anything, you know. Uh, uh, and your family income is 125,000 or less. You pay no tuition, no mandatory fees, and so we think that uh, is a big a big part of this because uh, uh, that's the best tuition guarantee in the United States and uh, uh, and it really helps our students graduate with very little debt so that's a big part of it and of course even if you're a part-time student or and then we guarantee your tuition for four years we cap it at 12 hours and anything above 12 hours is free so uh, we, we have a number of uh, programs that really are designed to keep uh, costs down and to help you get a college degree without going into to massive debt. Do you think UTRGV is reaching a significant number of uh, lower income folks who, you know, up until now, up until these types of programs would not have a chance to, to go to college? I, I, I know or we go to we, a university. Are. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. Uh, Washington Monthly just came out with their rankings the night before last, and uh, uh, we came out very well, especially on the performance of our Pell Grant students. Those are students who, for the most part, have no expected family contribution to their education. Uh, One of the, in the Washington Monthly rankings, we were fifth in the South for best bang for the buck and uh, the 
and Vanderbilt was number six. And the Washington Monthly pointed out that we have nine times uh, the number of Pell Grant students that Vanderbilt has. We graduate nine times as many. So we know that we're helping low-income students and uh, students who really just don't, would, would not otherwise have the means to go to school. Dr. Guy Bailey, President, UTRGV, enrollment up. They're north of 32,000 for the fall semester and counting as week one. They continue to add more students to the roles. Are we back to 100% face-to-face instruction, Dr. B? Uh, yes, but with a, let me add the caveat. Remember that even before the pandemic, we offered a significant number of classes online. It's about 25% of our classes, and there are a variety of reasons for that. We have students who want classes online, and uh, we have certain things that are better taught online, in fact. Certain programs that are, uh, uh, some of our master's degrees, uh, degree programs in particular, are in what we call an accelerated online format. So. Uh, taking into account, yes, we have those classes that are offered online. We are we are basically mostly face to face. The so PD, the we're, PDF. Back, we're we're about the same as we were in 2019 before the pandemic. The podiatry program that you mentioned earlier that will be set up, I think, brick and mortar Harlingen, right? Uh, does that right. does that program start right now without a brick yes. and mortar location? It, yes, it does. It is it is being offered in in Harlingen at the old rack, which is a okay. one of our medical school buildings uh, in Harlingen. Right now, we have our first class of twenty seven students that will ratchet up to about forty students uh, over the next couple of years. Uh, well, forty students per class, I should say. Oh, well, I'm sure you've been told stories and how the, the valley, all the infighting in South Texas for that rack facility 20 plus oh, yeah. 20 yeah. plus years ago I, I hear from friends in the community that we might be about three years away from kickoff for a football program for UTRGV. can you give us an update we think that's right okay. that's right we uh we're very excited about that and we're we're moving forward there with uh with football with band my marching band will start up sooner than that and uh uh, and also women swimming and diving and really an entire campus life program that will be designed to increase residential living uh, and residential options on our campus and to offer students uh, the option of a more traditional college campus feel. And with the partnerships that we've been discussing with, for example, Edinburgh schools, McAllen schools, these new collegiate right, high right. schools, uh, the prospect of increasing the size of the uh, class enrolling every year likely to likely to grow in the near future as we get these these new um, um, these new veins of enrollment headed towards the university. That's right, and, and not only will the class increase, but <clears throat> those those opportunities, those collegiate high schools, will help students graduate in a more timely manner. Yes, sir. Better prepared for, for college. programs like the medical school and and the School of Podiatric Medicine and so forth. All right, Dr. Bean. Thanks for the update. Look forward to speaking with you again. Dr. Guy Bailey, President of UTRGV.
Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. And we mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news. On News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have an active shooter, multiple gunshots. In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. New partnership was announced between Texas Southmost College and folks at the Space Channel. Just as a reminder, in case you missed this on the headlines some time back, folks at the Space Channel, they consider Brownsville their global corporate headquarters. That's their home is is Brownsville. So we got this new relationship with the Space Channel and TSE, our president for our college, Jesus Rodriguez, joining us right now. All right, Dr. Rod, what are the details? Well, well, first of all, good morning Morning, once again. Good morning from the greatest place on earth. Texas Southmost College. This what this partnership is really merging Space Channel with Texas Southmost College. And when we met with uh, CEO Chat Mullum, he likes to call it the the, the gateway to Mars. And uh, with TSE, we partner with individuals and organizations whose heart is in the right place, right? And that's about our the success of our students. How can we move our community forward? They believe in TSE, our college, but most importantly, they believe in our students and their ability to create high-quality content for this exciting network. The students are going to have a very special opportunity to learn valuable skills in the writing and the editing, speaking on cameras, you know, how to create these content, how to edit graphics and uh, run stories on Space Channel. And the TSC production team participating in this. Now, do you know if the Space Channel folks still have an HQ in downtown Brownsville, they might want to uproot and, and set up shop at TSC somewhere on campus? They moved to Texas Southmost College, but it, it's worth mentioning that this is a true collaborative effort. And thanks to the city of Brownsville and Cameron County leadership, we continue to pursue this space industry. But a special shout out to our mayor, Trey Mendez, for his continued support with this particular project. We've got so, yeah, the, they're moving into Texas Southwest College to our beautiful and historic campus. Well, on the media side, that's great opportunities for the students at, at TSC to participate with the Space Channel and go get those great stories on the different systems that go into all these spacecraft that will be developed and hopefully sent by Elon Musk into the moon, Mars. How do you see this partnership maybe helping to evolve the curriculum and, and some of the classes provided at TSE? Because you got life sciences, you got metals, you got propulsion systems, all sorts of different ingredients that go into developing the capsules and the launch systems for this. I'm sure there might be opportunities to start up some new classes to help SpaceX and everybody else coming to town to complement SpaceX. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if you really think about Texas South Falls College through its 95 plus years of rich history, we continue to serve and be the heartbeat of our communities. And the reason I say that is because we're able to adapt, evolve, and grow with the times. 
And this project is just a testament of our ability to adapt and evolve with the community around us. And what you touched on, that's the story. That's what we're doing. And we're going to showcase all the wonderful things that I see every day. I always keep telling folks, do you not see what I see? How strong you are, how smart you are. Look at your potential, but you have to believe in yourself as much as I believe in you. And that's the message to our students. And I'm hoping that's the message we can relay to the rest of the communities out there. And they're going to say, man, Browns is a cool place. That's where I want to be. Liquefied natural gas, the prospect of it showing up very soon near future for export at Brownsville. You and I touched on this before, how that is helping to change, reinforce some of the courses that you provide to complement number one construction and then eventually the long-term presence of that industry down here. Have you started classes already for TSC for the fall semester? What's the latest on signing up for some of these some of these courses? We're, we're up and running. You know, uh, we, we could not be having this conversation here today without the support of our dedicated Board of Trustees. I mean, Texas South Most College Board of Trustees has infused millions of dollars to upgrade our workforce lab. So whenever you want to come down, Sergio, we'll give you a tour. you get the ooze and all. Man, I'd be honored. So, yeah, I love this stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So come on down, and the companies are coming down, and they're blown away. Uh, they're pleasantly surprised. So we have programs that are customized uh, that have the traits that what we call transferable traits. You can work in different type of industries or companies, uh, but we're up and running. Back to the Space Channel partnership, Space Channel setting up shop at Texas Southmost College will be developing their content for their online channel and their cable channel from the campus of TSC. Tell me the, the reaction from folks that are teaching media, journalism, other video, audio production there on campus. I suspect their department might be expanding, and those classes might be filling up a little faster in the near future once word gets out that they can participate with Space Channel at TSC. That's where we're heading. And I think having Space Channel with us, having that professional, private entrepreneur on our campus, we can teach the theory and a little bit of hands-on. But having that partnership on campus to truly put that applied theory into practice is going to make our students be more in demand because people know that they can apply the theory into practice. With the students developing the content, working the videos, editing all that stuff, publishing, man, that's going to be quite the resume enhancer for the the media students that go to TSC and graduate, you know, not only with their sheepskin, but they've got all these different (laughs) video projects and series that they produce with TSC. That's that's quite the resume enhancer. That's that's very enviable. That's good. That's very good for the the college students at TSC. Anything else you want to mention, Dr. Rod, going into the fall semester? So if you want to be part of the Scorpion family, don't hesitate. The door's still open, and we're getting off to a wonderful fall semester. Continued success. Dr. Rod will speak with you again. Jesus Rodriguez is our president for Texas Southmost College. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.
You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Final month of the fiscal year on the federal calendar, and I'm checking in with friends at our Port of Brownsville over at Customs, see what type of a year they've seen so far. Uh, like on one side, their Border Patrol family, you've heard all the news. It's, it's just a flood of human beings crossing. But on the Customs side, where every now and then I get little messages on seizures, of multi-million dollar seizures of meth or cocaine or all that stuff. So let me check with the Port of Browns. Elias Rodriguez is with Customs here at our port. Well, Elias, uh, can you break down just for me? I know you got different categories, but I'm thinking you probably are tracking numbers for seizures for things like meth and pot and cocaine and the real, real scary one, fentanyl. So how's your fiscal year been treating you so far as far as all that illicit stuff coming in? Good morning, Sergio. Thank you very much for having yes, me. Sir. Uh, we've had uh, several seizures this year, this fiscal year. Uh, by comparison to last year, it's a little bit less, but there's still some very significant seizures. Uh, we, uh, When we get a significant seizure, we will issue a, a news release. We call it a news release. Some people call it a press release, but it's, it's a news release uh, stating um, how much um, of uh, whatever drug we catch is uh, was seized and like you mentioned, some of those numbers are rather high, so a multi-million dollars when it's a, a high-value or high-priced uh, drug such as cocaine, uh, methamphetamine. Those are usually the ones that go into the millions. It's been a, a very productive year, and we've still got one more month to go, the month of September in the fiscal year. We have the numbers up to July because uh, we're still on the last day of August, but we do have the numbers up to July. Uh, okay. So far this fiscal year... As far as the entirety of CVP, uh, it's been more than 550,000 uh, pounds of drugs. So it's uh, it's still significant. Can you break that down to, to maybe how it's categorized? Like, what do you see sure. most of? I'm, like, I'm, uh, as far as uh, pounds, so, uh, the highest uh, number of pounds is marijuana, yeah. uh, about 319,000 pounds. Uh, for 2021, less for this fiscal year in 2022, uh, uh, about 120,000 pounds of marijuana. In methamphetamine, for this year, it's been about 148,000 pounds of methamphetamine, which is one of the high-value or high-priced drugs, which is where we see the a million-dollar uh, drug seizures when we issue the news releases. Last year, it was 192,000 for CVP pounds of methamphetamine. Okay. Um, Cocaine, this year it's about 53.9 thousand pounds of uh, cocaine seized uh, year to date or year to the end of July. And last year in cocaine, we had about 97.6 thousand pounds. Fentanyl, which is something that, you know, garners a lot of attention because it's such a dangerous uh, narcotic. Uh, uh, This fiscal year, uh, from September to the end of July, about 10.6 thousand pounds of fentanyl. That's also a high value or high price drug versus last year, about 11.2 thousand pounds of fentanyl. Do officers... uh, Another one, it's about 1.5 thousand, 1,500 pounds of uh, heroin uh, versus last year. So uh, the entire year, last year, 5.4 thousand pounds of um, heroin. 
Elias Rodriguez I, with Customs. Go ahead. F finish your thought, brother. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I'm thinking there's other drugs in lesser amounts, uh, but the, the more common or the more well-known drugs are those. And Yeah. Yeah, it's still significant amounts. And we're here to protect our borders, keep them, keep our borders secure, and keep those drugs from actually making it to our streets. With one of our customs offices of the Valley, uh, representing the Port of Brownsville, Elias Rodriguez, uh, trying to break down the seizure activity, like how many pounds of X number of drugs they've seized so far. Again, we've got one month left in the fiscal year, so we'll see what happens in this, in this final month. It seems that the trend might be a little less right now. But let, let me start with this other question I want to ask you. When I say Port of Brownsville, uh, Elias, w do you represent all incoming bridges or just the commercial side? Or uh, when I say Port of Brownsville, what what are you talking? What am I referring to when I say port? And when you say the Port of Brownsville, it encompasses actually four land ports of entry, okay. uh, which is uh, beginning with the Gateway Bridge, the Veterans Bridge, otherwise known as Los Tomates Bridge, yeah. the Brownsville and Matamoros Bridge, B and M, and we also encompass the Los Indios. Los Indios, okay. So all four for Cameron well. County, okay. That's what you represent, and th yeah. these are seizure numbers we for all four uh, bridges. We have a rail, seaport, and airport. Okay, so the the rail, uh, the seaport, airport, plus the four bridges. These are the numbers you're sharing with me as far as the seizure numbers for. Uh, yeah, the, the numbers I, I just mentioned are as far as CBP-wide. Okay, very well. Uh, CBP-wide for, in essence, Cameron County, which is all the ports of entry for Cameron County. The airport, the seaport, uh, right? All of the international uh, ports of entry uh, within the port of entry are within Cameron County, including yeah. Los Indios. And yeah. that's that's what it is, yeah, Port of Brown. So, so the four bridges, the airport, the seaport as well. And the rail, as you said, that's what you've been able to catch so Correct. far. Yes. Man, do you, uh, Elias, do you have any idea uh, of all these hundreds of thousands of, of pounds of meth, pot, cocaine, fentanyl, all this, of all the stuff that you guys have been able to find, whether it's a rail car or bags at the airport or cars, trucks coming at the International Bridge. Man, you have any idea, is that 1% of the total stuff that, got away? Is it 10% of the stuff that got away? 50%? Like, how much are you able to catch? Do you have any idea, um, any way of, of maybe providing an intelligent guess uh, to that question? Uh, like you mentioned, it would be a guess. We know what we know, and, and what we know is what we've been able to catch. Yeah. And uh, we, we believe, uh, you know, that's uh, what we're able to speak to as far as what we don't know, because we, you know, we, we don't have a seizure it for just, Okay. Any anything else, um, I wouldn't be able to really give more than it just keeps coming, man. You know how it is, like, good at yeah, well, but I do know that uh, it's a very important mission that we have. You know, we take our, our mission very seriously, and the security and you know, of our borders and our country, uh, it's uh, important to every officer. The numbers that you provided for me now are they year-to-date numbers compared to year-to-date numbers, or are you comparing year-to-date numbers with one final month to go compared to the total take of the last fiscal year? Which one is it? The numbers I just mentioned are the total take of uh, tw fiscal year 2021 and year to the end of July, which is September 1st of okay. last year to so the there end we of go. July. So there it goes. So, July yeah, to so July. In those numbers yeah. that I mentioned, we would still have two more months. Okay. Uh, the rest of uh, August and September. 10-4. I got you. So that makes sense because yeah. the, there's a lag to these numbers. Elias Rodriguez, uh, he represents the Port of Brownsville for, for customs, which would be pretty much all incoming, all the uh, ports, rail, air, uh, the actual seaport, and the port. four land bridges 
uh, coming in from Mexico and kind of reviewing uh, what seems to be a, 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 a trend uh, that shows less compared to same fiscal year last year. What's the scuttlebutt at Customs? Are, are these traffickers going upriver, maybe using Laredo del Rio, uh, McAllen? What's, why do we see perhaps see a little bit less this year compared to last fiscal year? It would be a little difficult to speculate as to the why. Uh, we have, we are taking notes. Like for example, and I'm sorry, uh, sorry, to, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but like your amigos yeah. in, in McAllen, Del Rio, Laredo, have they reported spikes in the, their seizures, or do they also see a similar trend? Just we in, have seen a, a, an uptick in other ports uh, going upriver, what okay. we would call upriver. Uh, but um, nonetheless, uh, we all are after the same mission, which is keeping our borders secure. Do your officers, and it's customs officers, right? Customs officers, do you? Yeah, what we work with is at the land ports of entry, and we're U.S. Customs uh, or CBP officers, correct. Do they receive special training to to protect their health and their life in the event that they encounter the very potent fentanyl stuff? Uh, What can you tell me about that? We have several safeguards to protect the safety of our officers. That's, you know, one of the most important things uh, we take very seriously, you know, but if somebody is accidentally exposed to some type of drug, you know, uh, one of the more dangerous is, of course, fentanyl, which is uh, a hot topic right now. Uh, we have uh, certain procedures uh, in place, such as having uh, uh, some type of, we have, uh, of course, we can always call uh, for medical assistance, but we also have like certain uh, uh, what we call personal protective equipment uh-huh. that we require our officers to wear whenever we even think there's a possibility of finding some type of narcotics because we don't know. First of all, we don't know for sure if there's narcotics. And once we figure out that there's something there that should not be there, we don't know what it is until we pull it out and then actually do a conducted test. But we don't want to take any chances it might look like one drug and it could be something completely different and very very lethal especially on the the fentanyl side Elias be safe brother we'll talk to you soon from our customs office representing the port of Brownsville that pretty much be all at Cameron County is Elias Rodriguez this is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know we are News Talk 710K URV Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.